Hi friends, welcome to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. My name's Kayla, I'm an English teacher here in the United States, and today I will teach you some really great phrases in English that you can use that will make you sound natural. Now, I won't be offensive to teachers that teach abroad or teachers that are not native English speakers because there are many great teachers that aren't necessarily native English speakers, but the problem with learning English from a textbook is sometimes the phrases and words they teach you can become outdated, meaning they are old and native speakers don't really use them anymore. I get this a lot in my DMs on Instagram, and students that I speak with, they'll say a phrase that's really old, and it's often really off-putting for me, meaning it's distracting in the conversation. While the person who's speaking English is doing a great job, they're saying a phrase that's not really used anymore. So, the one advantage of having a native English speaker is that they will teach you English that is really used. I'm going to teach you nine English phrases that are very natural and Americans use these phrases every day. Now, if you like to read more English phrases, you can go to my website, EnglishWithKayla.com, and I post daily English videos on my Instagram at EnglishWithKayla. And if you have any requests for the podcast, you can always contact me there or at the English Vocabulary Help page. Alright, let's get right into it. The first phrase today I have for you is asleep at the wheel or to be asleep at the wheel. Now, if you were talking literally, this phrase would mean you're driving for a long distance and you get so tired and you've been driving for so long that you fall asleep while you're driving. Now, this would obviously result in a crash. The same happens figuratively. If you're asleep at the wheel, it means you're not paying attention to the task at hand that you're doing. And if you're not paying attention, it results in a disaster. So maybe you are dealing with numbers at your job and you are totally asleep at the wheel, meaning you're not paying attention, you're very drowsy or sleepy. And somebody goes to check your numbers and they are completely wrong. Now, if they want to use this phrase, they'll say, were you completely asleep at the wheel last night while entering these numbers? Or, gosh, you were really asleep at the wheel. Now, be careful because this could be a very harsh phrase. If you're using it with someone that is maybe your boss or someone you're not super familiar with, so you would want to say this to your friend or a very close co-worker that you can talk more casually to. Because if you tell someone they're asleep at the wheel while they're doing a task, it means they're doing a very poor job. So the first phrase I had for you today was asleep at the wheel. The next phrase that I'll teach you today is the phrase rest assured. Now this is a very common phrase. Maybe you've heard it before and maybe you heard it quickly and you weren't able to quite understand it. Rest assured, rest assured. Now, this is a phrase that you usually follow with a promise, like, rest assured your delivery will be on time. That means I don't want you to worry because the package that you ordered will be on time. I'm guaranteeing it. So if you want to guarantee something to someone, tell them, rest assured, it will get done. 
This phrase shows lots of confidence. If you are trying to be persuasive, tell them, rest assured, I'll get it done. Rest assured, you will enjoy this product. Rest assured, if you study English using this podcast, you will really improve and sound like a natural. See, I'm very confident in what I do as an English teacher. So rest assured is great to use when trying to sound confident and give a guarantee or a promise. We are already on our third phrase today. The third phrase today that I want to teach you is on your toes. If something keeps you on your toes, it means that you are anticipating something happening or you're moving quickly. Let me give you a couple of examples of things that keep you on your toes. Have you ever watched a movie where you almost feel like you need to run away because it's so scary or it's so exciting and you feel like something's going to happen or change within the movie really quick? It kept you on your toes. You felt like you needed to run away so you would be on your toes ready to run. Now, obviously, this is figurative. You wouldn't really run away if you're watching a movie. And this phrase can be used in a couple different ways. So, people can keep you on your toes. This is not necessarily an insulting phrase. It's calling someone basically unpredictable, though. So, you want to be careful how you use it. I've heard men who have very unpredictable, very spontaneous wives say, she really keeps me on my toes, meaning... You have to be ready for change or unpredictability, meaning you don't know what's going to happen at all times. So if someone keeps you on your toes, you're going to have to adapt at the last minute because they often change their plans or they don't decide exactly what they want to do if they keep you on your toes. When things keep you on your toes, you're anticipating something happening. It's very exciting or it's very surprising. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, when I decide to teach English phrases to my students here on the podcast, Instagram, or in other ways, I tend to keep lists in my phone of phrases that I hear in the everyday world. So maybe I'm using them with my friends, maybe I'm using them with my husband, or maybe I'm seeing these phrases on TV, movies, or in books. And I think, wow, I don't think a non-native speaker might know this phrase. So that's where I get these phrases. There is the song Someone You Love by Louis Capaldi. He is a Scottish singer and songwriter. And it's a beautiful love ballad. And I heard the song and I was thinking about the lyrics to it. Because they are very beautiful lyrics. If you haven't heard the song, it was very popular in the English-speaking music world. And I would encourage you to go look at it because it's, it's just a beautiful song. Go listen to it. But I got the phrase, let your guard down from that song. And the phrase, pull the rug out, which I taught you in the last episode of this podcast. So if you want more nat- 
natural phrases and you haven't listened to the last episode yet, go listen to that right now. But let's talk about letting your guard down. So to be guarded means to be very cautious, to be untrusting, so you're not trusting many people if you're guarded, and to be very alert. You're waiting for something bad to happen. Now, if you let your guard down, it means you become less alert and less cautious, more trusting. I'll give you an example of letting your guard down, or in this case, we'll say to let your guard down. So if you meet a new person and you're not really sure if you can trust them, you are guarded. Once you have known them for a longer time, you'll start to trust them. You'll start to let them know your secrets, your true feelings about things. You feel like you can trust them with money or even your children. You're letting your guard down. You're becoming more trusting. So the phrase could be used when you feel comfortable around a person or you feel comfortable in a certain situation, you can say, finally, I just let my guard down. Meaning you felt relaxed, not very cautious, not like anything bad was going to happen. Now, going back to that song by Louis Capaldi, he says he let his guard down and the woman in the song pulled the rug out. So she tricked him and deceived him when he let his guard down. Hopefully that doesn't happen to you. It's a very sad song. It is a love ballad. Now, recently I watched the show on Netflix called Indian Matchmaking. And shout out to my friends in India who listen to this podcast to learn English. I'm very appreciative of you. I have lots of listeners from India. And I found the show to be really interesting. It's about the matchmaker that helps people within the Indian culture find someone who's similar to them culturally and who she thinks will make a good match. Now, a phrase we could use for this is a match made in heaven. If you've ever heard this phrase, it means that two things go together so well, it's as if they were made in heaven. So it's just a very common phrase speakers from the United States say. So like the case of the Netflix show I was watching, when two people fall in love and they are going to have a nice romantic relationship, you could say they are a match made in heaven. Thinking That means you think they'll really go together well. So there's many ways to use this idiom. For example, I have lots of foods that I think go well together. And one food that I think is probably pretty American is peanut butter and chocolate. We have Reese's peanut butter cups. It's a type of candy. It's peanut butter and chocolate. It is a match made in heaven. Those two foods go together so well. We eat lots of peanut butter here in the United States. For instance, we like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Again, peanut butter and jelly are a match made in heaven. So when you talk about a pair of things or two things that go together well, or two people that go together well, if you think they are great, you'll say they are a match made in heaven. Or you could sound really natural and say, it's a total match made in heaven. The next phrase I have for you today is something that's really common in movies, television shows, especially older movies and television shows. I think that's where I heard this phrase and added it to my list of teaching phrases. 
And the phrase is on the house. So if something is on the house, it means that the restaurant or business is giving it to you for free. So if you order food at a restaurant and a mistake is made, here in the United States at least, it's common for the server to apologize. And then to avoid like conflict or a bad review on the restaurant, they'll say, don't worry about the meal, it's on the house tonight due to the mistake. And sometimes when that happens and you're a very understanding person, you say, wow, like that's unnecessary, but it's, you know, it feels nice to get a free meal, I suppose. <laughs> Oftentimes in movies or television, uh, when people go to a bar and order alcohol, the bartender will hand them the drink if they've had a hard day and if they want to cheer them up a little they'll say don't worry about this one it's on the house so that means they'll get the food or the drink for free due to having a bad day or maybe having a tough breakup recently that's a common theme in movies as well so hopefully you're finding some useful phrases in today's natural phrase lesson Again, if you're enjoying this podcast and you're listening on iTunes, please give me a five-star rating and review. I'd like to know if you're enjoying the podcast as well and share it with your friends who are also learning English. That would be amazing. So the last phrase I'm going to teach you today is a phrase that other languages have, I've noticed, but they say it in many different ways. So it translates kind of different. So in English... If you say, it gave me goosebumps, it sounds like such a funny word, goosebumps. Well, goose is a bird, and bumps, you know, are are raised parts of your skin, like if you had a rash. And a goosebump, in English, is what we call the small bumps on your arm when you get cold, or sometimes you get goosebumps if you are emotional. For me, when I see something really amazing, monumental, historic, it makes me kind of emotional. Now, not to the point where I would cry. It's very subtle, so I would get goosebumps because, you know, it's such an amazing moment. For instance, I talked about how the United States launched a space shuttle recently. I think NASA did. And the rocket ship went up in the air and they showed it on TV. And it just felt like a very historic moment with all the bad things happening in the world right now with the pandemic and the unrest. It just felt like a nice moment. It made me feel emotional and I didn't cry or cheer, but I did get goosebumps. The hairs on my arms were raised and there were bumps on my arms as well. So let me know what the phrase goosebumps is like in your language. because I think they're kind of funny the way they translate. It is a weird word and a weird sensation to have. Thank you so much for listening to today's English Vocabulary Help podcast. Again, I really hope that you found the natural phrases in today's lesson to be useful. I really use these phrases when I speak English to native speakers. And I think if you were to use these phrases as well in a native English conversation, the person would be very impressed because they are most of them are idioms or they're just very natural phrases that you'd have to be speaking English for quite a long time to learn. 
Now, you can follow me again on Instagram at English with Kayla or the English Vocabulary Podcast. And give me a message if you've listened to this podcast. I love hearing from students that are learning English and are using podcasts. I think it's a brilliant way to learn English. And again, if you could share this with your friends learning English, that would be amazing. Give it a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes and let me know what you enjoyed about it as well. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode.